You are listening to audio from Faith Church. If you are in the Seminole, St. Pete area, we would love for you to join us on a Sunday. To learn more, visit us at faithrs.org. Well, good morning, Faith Church. So for those of you who do not know me, my name is Logan Hole. I'm the student director here at Faith Church, and it is my pleasure to be able to preach through God's Word this morning. And I say that because preaching through God's Word is something that I don't take lightly, because something that God's been revealing to me and just my quiet time and at camp and all these different things in my life is that God's showing me that this is His divine Word given to us as His followers to learn how to be better Christ followers and how to love Him and others around us better. So today, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with us. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But out of respect for God's Word, would you please read or stand for the reading of God's Word? For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So... To begin, I've done a lot of prayer to figure out what does God want me to speak on today. And today's going to be a little different from my normal sermons. We're going to go through kind of a longer passage, and we're going to kind of work through that. Um, So we're going to be doing a lot of reading of Scripture, but I think that's kind of the best thing to do because that's what we're studying. That's the point of gathering here is to learn more about God's Word. And something he's been laying on my heart is how can we be the church. What does it mean to be the church? So I've entitled this sermon, We Are the Church. And so talking about church family and all this, I wanted to kind of inform you kind of what's been going on in my area of ministry, which is a student ministry. So we just got back from camp a few weeks ago, and I wanted to let you know a little bit of how camp went and what God's been showing me in my life. And the coolest thing about camp, and I'm sure the students who went can attest to this as well, is that while we're at camp, the most exciting thing, and one of the hardest reasons to leave camp is the, the godly community at camp. So for five straight days, you wake up in the morning, and you go get breakfast, and you go to a morning session, you worship, and then you hear a sermon, and then you come back with your church, and you have a small group, and then you go off and do your activities. So whether you're, you know, shooting someone with a paintball gun out of love and respect, you know, or, you know, shooting someone off the blob or going kayaking or snorkeling, whatever all the activities were, you'd do that for the day, and then we'd come back together, and then we'd have a dinner, and then we'd have a night session, and then it'd be the same thing, worship, and then it would be a sermon, and then we'd gather together again with our, our groups just to kind of discuss what we learned for the day. And that's pretty much what each day looked like every single day for five days of the week. And something God showed me is that the reason camp is so powerful and the reason it's so hard to leave camp to go back to our normal lives is because of the godly community that you're surrounded by every single minute of every single day. Whether you want to be, you know, just there for the fun, God is working in everyone's life there because everyone is constantly pushing each other towards God. 
Even in the activities, all the conversations I'm hearing, you know, you're having fun and they're laughing and goofing off, but everything is pushing others towards God. If someone's struggling, they walk over and they pray with that person. They ask that person, how can we help? You're vulnerable with each other. And, and it's just this aspect of godly community. And from seeing this at camp, I feel like God was kind of putting this on my heart that we should talk about as a church is how can we mirror that same godly community within our church? And what does that look like to love one another in the same manner of being with them all the time and constantly surrounding yourself with his word and prayer and looking to serve one another? So today, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. And we're going through 1 Corinthians, which is a letter that Paul's writing. And Paul's showing us really three ways in which we are the church and how we can act in those ways. And then I'm going to close with just the action of why God sums it all up and how God is the, the focal point of our mission as a church. So to begin, Paul is teaching us that we are unified. So like I said, there's going to be a lot of scripture. We're going to be doing a lot of reading, but then we're going to go through and kind of talk through what God is trying to reveal through his word. So for just as one body, for just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. Here's what I want us to talk about. What does it mean to be unified? What does it mean to be one body? But before we even begin there, I think that we can say that as human beings, we are all unified in our human nature. And here's what I mean by that. In college, I took a class, it was doctrine. I took doctrine one and two, and in that class, I learned this term called total depravity. And what that means is that because of Adam and Eve, because of their sin, it separated them from God. It separated them from this perfect relationship with God. And in turn, every single person that came forth from Adam and Eve has been born into a life of sinfulness, a, sep a life separated from God and his perfect relationship with humanity. And because of that, no matter what walk you come from, in however you ended up in these seats today, we are all human beings, and we are all fallen, and we are all sinful. And I'm also going to say this. Something that God also has been putting on my heart is that the word of God is strict truth. And in that truth, it can be hard to hear. So as we walk through his word this morning, the idea that we all are fallen, sinful human beings is an offensive truth. Because none of us, especially as Americans, want to hear that we need help. We want to be able to do everything on our own for, for someone to tell us that we are flawed, that we are sinful, that we are in need of a Savior. That's kind of hurtful. No, I can do it on my own. Trust me, I, I can do this. But no, the Bible is a hard truth telling us that we are sinful human beings. But it doesn't end there. Because yes, as humans, we're unified on a sense. As Christians, we're unified on a deeper level. 
And this is where the story continues, that we, we don't just, it's not a hard truth that we're sinful humans, but it's a rejoicing truth that Jesus sent his son to die on the cross so that through his blood shed on the cross, we can be saved. And we just sung about it this morning. How amazing for us to have a Savior who sacrificed it all so that we can be in relationship with him through his spirit. And this is what Paul teaches us. He says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Paul's teaching us that if we truly claim to be Christians, and if we truly believe that Jesus died for us, and that he rose again three days later so that we can be in that perfect unity with God again through Christ, then we should also understand that we as a church, we as a body of believers, are unified through that same saving grace, through that same spirit. Which means that we are a church family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And the reason I feel like God put this on my heart, because I feel like God has been speaking to me, and through this sermon, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to y'all. And here's why. Because I think about a family, and I think about my brothers. I have two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. And I think about how crazy and unfortunate would it be if I didn't know their name? They've been my brother. I've been here 23 years, and then I look over, and I'm like, hey, this is my brother, um, What's your name again? That would be weird if I lived my whole life with my brother and didn't even know their name. But yet, if we call ourselves a Christian family and we say that these are our brothers and sisters in this room, and if we look around, this goes for me as well, how many people do we not know their name in this building today? And this is a truth that God has been speaking in my life that we need to be better brothers and sisters for one another. Why? Because we are all unified through the Spirit of Christ. We all share that truth that we've been saved through grace. And because of that, we are a family. But how can we truly be a family if we don't even know those in our family? And here's the thing is that the Bible teaches us that we come from all areas of life. That the coolest thing about being unified through Christ, it doesn't matter what your life looks like. There's people that I would not even get along with outside the church, but because of God's grace, they've become some of my best friends. Because God has brought me to them, not because of something out, not because they go play tennis with me, or because I enjoy sports, or I like hanging out. Like none of that. It's because of God's grace that He brings us together. So no matter what area of life we're in, we're unified. Because here's what Paul teaches us next, that as the church, we are diverse. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, 
where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And this is what I think about. And this could just be because I'm a student director and I'm still basically a kid at heart. But when I read this passage and I think, man, if the entire body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? But if the entire body were an eye, what would that look like? Think about that. It's funny. If the entire body were an eye and I were just an eyeball up here staring at you, that'd be first off kind of creepy and uncomfortable. But it doesn't make sense. And that's the thing is that, that it's such this absurd reality that sometimes it's so far off that we, we kind of just overlook it. But Paul's really showing us that if we are called to be the body of Christ, we have to be made up of many different parts of the body. If every single person is trying to serve in one area of ministry, then every other area of ministry is lacking and we're looking like just an eye for the entire body, or just the hand for the entire body. And here's what Paul's teaching us, is that every single one of us in this room has a divine calling from God. Every single one of us in this room has a different place within this church body that we are called to serve. That means that there's so many different areas that God could be calling you to. Whether that's, you know, cooking for an event. You love cooking, so you want to help cook for an event. Whether that's serving food at Faith Cafe. Whether that's you want to lead a connection group or lead a small group in the youth or lead kids. Whatever you want to do, whatever your calling is. Maybe you have a calling, you love music, and you want to serve on the praise team. You see, there's so many different areas of the church body that need service. And God calls us to be a diverse body of believers because there's so many different functioning parts of the body that if we were to act as only one part of the body, the church could not function as it's called to function. And we know that as we read at the end of the service today, the Great Commission that we're called, and Dylan always says this, we gather to scatter, meaning that if we are not unified through our diversity, then we cannot fully serve the community around us or serve one another. Because if we know that we're called to one area of ministry, but then yet we go to somewhere else because that's where everyone else is, or this is easier, or i rather do this, then we may be lacking in the body. Because here's what Paul says, and this is so powerful. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Hear me out when I say this. That God purposefully and perfectly chose where you're to serve within the church, where you're to serve within the body. And that can look different for every single person in here. That may mean that at your job, wherever you work, you're called to serve others in your, in your office. And you may be thinking, man, I've been really focused so much on my job, my work, that, that I've kind of ignored those around me. 
But what if God's calling you to reach those in your community that only you could reach, and through that, you bring them to church, you bring them into the body, and then they're called to serve in a connection group, or they're called to serve in ministry somewhere, or they're called to be on the praise team, or they're called to be somewhere in the church, but unless you serve where God's calling you, then other people can't serve where God's calling them. And here's the thing, God ordained and placed a calling on every single one of our lives. And as we grow in our relationship with him, he will make that clear where he wants us to be. And one thing I've learned is that God's calling is not always what you want. Definitely not always what you want, and it's not always the easiest. So if you think, oh, I feel like I'm called to serve there, but I, I just really don't want to do that. I don't think I have the time for it. I just, I don't, I don't have the skill set. I just don't think I can do that. If we start making excuses and trying to push away God's calling to serve where we see fit or what we think's best, then we're acting as another part of the body. Therefore, the body can't fully function if it's not fully diverse. You see, God teaches us that the body is meant to be diverse. But here's something else I want you to know, because Paul tells us this, and God reveals this to us, is that although we are diverse, we are equal. This is a long part of the passage, so we're going to kind of read through a good bit of it. But he says this, that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We're going to stop right here for a second. Because too often, we like to think that the most important part of church is, are those who lead on the stage, or those who are on staff, or those who are deacons or elders. Those, those matter. And the connection group leader or, or a small group leader or handing out food at Faith Cafe or, or volunteering to serve the community or volunteering to be on a prayer team or things like that that we think, man, those are small. They can't really matter that much. Here's what God's teaching us is that the parts that we as humans think seem to be weaker are indispensable. And I don't know about you, but after all my years of studying, I don't know what that word meant. I didn't know what it meant. And that's kind of maybe just me, and that's maybe sad. But here's the thing. What did I do? I Googled it because Google has all the answers. And what I found out is that indispensable means absolutely necessary. Now let's think about it in that term. The parts of the body that we and our flawed minds think seem to be weaker or less important, God says they're absolutely necessary. Because if we don't have connection group leaders or if we don't have small group leaders for our youth group or if we don't have kids ministry volunteers or if we don't have praise members, if we don't have all these functioning parts of the body, what happens? The body crumbles. The body can't function. The church can't function. Every single part of the body is of equal importance. And I say this because if you think that me being on stage 
or Dylan being on stage, we're the most important people in the church, that is completely wrong. We just preach the gospel. The gospel teaches us all the same thing. And we're called to serve the same God, just in different manners. So us being up here leading doesn't make us any more valuable or important than you serving in whatever area of ministry you're called to. And I want you to hear that this morning. Because even if you think, oh, I'm just serving in this small thing once a month, it doesn't really matter, that matters. God says it's absolutely necessary. And then Paul continues to go on. And he says this, And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on unpresentable parts that are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. You know, something I've learned in literature is that when things repeat, and then when there's repetition, it means something's pretty important. And we see here that God has so composed the body. Who? God. God chose where we're called to serve where we're called to be. And he arranged each one of us to serve perfectly and purposefully in that area of ministry and in that area of the body of Christ. Please hear that this morning. God chose and arranged where you're to serve. That's not me. And this is a hard truth that I learned from the Bible that sometimes we don't like to serve. We have so much going on in our life already that that we don't want to add any more to our plate. But God's saying that our ultimate alliance is to him. Our ultimate worth is found in him. And if we're focused on things of this world and denying our calling to God that he arranged in our life, then I think we need to have a one-on-one talk with Jesus. Because God arranged where we're to be and did so so that there will be no division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you're the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now I'm going to stop here for a second. And for me, this kind of spoke the most to me. So if you don't hear anything else, please hear this is that Paul is teaching us that we are one body. We are one family. And that we have no division so that we may have the same care for one another. Because hear this out. Remember I said, what if we can know everyone's name in this building? What if we can really know one another? Because look, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Can we really say that to be true today. This is part of the reason that when we have our prayer time, we pray for those in the church. We pray specifically by name for those in the church because why? If one member suffers, man, we should be suffering. If one member is struggling with a loss or with grief, that we should be right there with them, struggling as well. Because what impacts them, what impacts you, should impact me. 
If you are rejoicing because you got a promotion at your job and God is opening doors in your life, and if you're rejoicing about that, I should be rejoicing about that. If I'm rejoicing, you should be rejoicing. It should be, man, together is what it should be. Love for one another so that no matter what's happening in their life, we walk through it together because God didn't call us to walk through this life alone. There's a reason we have community. Not because it's fun and because it's exciting, but because we really, deep down in our hearts, we need it. Because life is hard. Life is hard. But life is also really awesome. But in both sides of the spectrum, we're not called to go through it alone. We're called to go through it with God, and because of our unity with God, we're called to go through it with each other. Then he goes on to say this, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Paul is listing off all these different gifts, all these different ways to serve. He's saying, are all prophets? No. Do all have the gift of administration? No. Do all have the gifts of whatever it may be? No. Because we're diverse. And then Paul goes into chapter 13. And he, and he leads with this idea, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Each one of us has a different calling. Remember I said that? And each one of us has a call ordained and perfectly put on your life by God. But here's the important thing, that there's a still more excellent way to act upon these callings. And I don't want us to miss this. This is the final part. He is love. God is love. And if we are unified to God, the Bible teaches us that God is love, and if we are unified to God, and if he is love, then we should also be a people, a body of believers who act in love. Because hear this. This, is, this blows my mind. This is one of the hardest truths to hear. In the Bible, because look, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. This life, our callings, our actions, if we do it without love, it means nothing. And here's why Paul's teaching us this. We are called to be people who are selfless, who care for one another, who serve one another. Because why? Jesus is a perfect example of what it looks like to live as a Christian. And how did Jesus lead? He was a servant leader, 
serving others, even though he was fully God in human flesh, he still served broken people. And if Jesus can do that, then why can't we? But if we're just doing it to mark it off our list, say, okay, I'm glad I did that for the week, then that's selfish in our heart. We truly, and this is something that we individually have to work through with God. How can we act upon our calling with love like God teaches us? And I truly mean this because if I just got up here and I just spoke just because I'm supposed to speak, but don't care about the people I'm speaking to, don't care about your relationship with God, don't care about my relationship with God, and I don't, I don't love y'all, I don't, I don't care what happens, then I'm nothing more than a clinging symbol. My words mean nothing. But because I speak with love and care for everyone in this room, I pray that God is speaking through my words. Because one thing I've learned is that if we can serve in our calling with God's love, we don't do things that are amazing. He does things that are amazing. And through God, he can move and change hearts and change lives. And that means that people's eternities can also be changed. So I just want to wrap up with this. This idea that, that we are the church. That yes, we're unified through Christ. But within the body, we're diverse. Everyone has a specific calling. So I urge you to pray, to get in the word, to figure out where does God want you to serve because that is a God-arranged calling. He chose where you're to serve, how you're supposed to fulfill your calling. And every calling is equally important. But every calling must be done with love. And that's what it looks like to be the church, to be a body of believers who serve not only one another, but our community with love, caring about those we interact with, caring about how we can serve God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that as you have been working in my heart this week and in this month, Lord, that I pray that as I seek to serve with love where you call me to serve, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us can serve in the same way. And Lord, I pray that we can be a church family who cares and truly cares for one another. Lord, I pray that you help me, that you help all of us get to know one another in this room. Because these are our brothers and sisters, Lord. We're unified through your spirit, baptized in the same spirit. Your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as we figure out and wrestle with that calling that you've put on our life, Lord, that, that we seek to serve you 
above everything else. Because Lord, you gave us our life. You chose and arranged for us what our calling is, what our gifts are. Because in the passage before, Lord, Paul is talking about what it means to have spiritual gifts. And, and, and as we go into as we go into this passage today, Lord, as, as we pray and meditate on this passage, Lord, where do you want us to serve? Because if we are to be one body of believers, made up of many, we need to serve where you call us to serve. Because, Lord, I pray that this body in Christ can go out to this community of Seminole, to the Tampa Bay area, Lord, that I pray that we can be a, a body of Christ that moves in this community. And that can only be done if we serve where you call us to. And Lord, I pray that if, that if you don't even have a relationship with, with God yet today, that I pray that God's been speaking in your life that, that you desire this relationship with God so that you can be a part of this body that you can be a part of this family and that you can seek after your calling that God's put on your life because God loves every single one of us in this room. And through his love, we can love others. We pray all this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.